We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. It is Tuesday night, and that means it's that time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall, and joined by Carl Dummler out there in the, the Great Plains. Carl, how you doing? Uh, how you holding up? You know, not too bad. We uh, had another snowstorm yesterday. <laughs> so I had to cancel soccer practice for my kids. And, uh, and then... Thursday, we're supposed to be getting like 50 mile per hour winds. So just, you know, the usual for Midwest America. And you, you never quite know what's going to happen. And then it'll be like 80 degrees the next day and I'll be out at the golf course. But uh, but yeah, no, it's it's always a good time of year, especially because it's we're getting closer to draft season. We're about, uh, mm-hmm. I think, are we exactly a month away? I think so. Yep. Oh, man, that is just crazy to think about. But uh, but yeah, so it's it's a good time for us. Love getting this opportunity to talk with you guys uh, about some Bronco football and everything going on. Got some Bronco ownership talking today, and it was, it was really good to hear them. They are mm-hmm. a breath of fresh air when you hear them talk football. Yeah, really intelligent group. Uh, obviously, Damani Leach out there and Greg Penner, and we're going to break down everything they said today. First, we want to say hello to some people coming in. Dylan Von Ark saying, sup, Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in. Share on all platforms and subscribe if you haven't already. Good to see you, DVA. Hope you're doing well. I got our guy Albert Knoppers coming in saying, hello, guys. Have to go in a minute. Wishing you guys a great show. Well, don't go, Albert. No. Okay. Well, you have a good one, too. Sorry you have to leave. We appreciate you. Our guy David Meckelrath coming in saying, good evening, Broncos country. Nick, Carl, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. Also the MHH for Life, Denver Broncos for Life, and Buckham. Mike S., hope you're doing well. What's up, Nick, Carl, Scott, Dylan, Broncos Country. Kevin Gray in the house. Evening, Nick, Carl, Scott. How's everyone doing? Love Mr. Penner and the coach talking. It was a good time. Uh, We also got David saying he's not a big fan of how uh, Sean Payton said that Cushenberry will be the starter. We kind of got into that this morning. Uh, Scott and I did. What did you think about – and we'll have a chance to talk a little bit of Sean Payton stuff too. But uh, Cushenberry, he is the starting center for the Denver Broncos as the roster is currently constructed. I guess my question is, what did you expect the coach to say at this point? If if you don't have another true starter, it's kind of, hey, he's the starter for now. And then if you can find an upgrade, it's great. If you can't, oh, and then here we go. We got Sean Payton coming in with what he had to say. Yeah, look, we 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 felt like it was an area we needed to address. We feel like he's certainly going to benefit from these additions. Um, <clears throat> we haven't met any of these guys yet, so... 
but we, we see him as our starting center. Yeah. There you go. So obviously haven't even met with the guy that it's not a ringing endorsement that this is our guy moving forward. Mm. It's for now. And you really hope that you can get into the draft. And yeah, as Micah says, hopefully we draft a center this year. It, it It's a pretty decent center draft. You hope one of those guys can fall to you there in the third round and uh, you can shore up that position moving forward. But you got Michael Kerr coming in saying competition breeds excellence, hopefully at the center and quarterback position. Yeah, of course, that's what you want to do. You want to keep adding more depth to this roster and continue to um, to see what you can do with it. So, yeah. I'm, I'm really not worried about those comments. You can't read too much into it. It's for the roster as it currently stands. I think he also is saying the wide receiver spot as well there. So uh, wide receiver is going to have some competition for the uh, the Broncos. We'll see how it all shakes out. We'll see who's still here. Michael Ronquillo coming in here with the stars. Thank you so much, Michael. Saying good evening, Nick Carl on building the Broncos. Go Broncos and buck them. Buck you, Michael. It's always good to see you. We appreciate you coming in. Our, our gal, Michaela Israel, coming in saying good evening, Broncos. Good to see you. Got our guy, Paul. Coming in saying, I like our CEO, uh, Greg Penner, saying the Broncos aren't going to be big spenders year after year. Love being smart about the cap. It's easy to say that right now, right? That's the big thing. You know, he's uh, the Broncos just spent this year, and he said the big reason for the spending this year is because, hello, didn't have a lot of draft capital, so they had to spend. Hopefully in the future, it's a better balancing act. But we'll see what it looks like, you know, two years down the line, three years down the line, if, you know, whatever the future looks like. It's a year-by-year basis. And the Broncos can play that cap, you know, kick the can game that we saw with the Saints there for a number of years. When you got enough money uh, in the ownership group like the Broncos have, you can kind of not cheat the cap, but, you know, get around it in some ways. So we'll see what happens with that. David Cremello coming in. $5 super. Good to see you, David. I was on David's show last week talking tight ends. It's a great tight end class this year. Saying, uh, do you guys think about trading, uh, trading back from 67 to 68 should be among the first options for the Broncos, especially if the board is jumbled? Also, see you Thursday, Carl. Oh, so you're going to be on there too. All right. Well, he's making the rounds. Yep. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, no, it's a Broncos could definitely move back. We saw them move back last year. They had two picks that were very close to each other with 64 and 75. I want to say it was, and they traded back from 75 to 80 and up getting Dulcich with that pick and an additional selection, I think in the fifth round. So it really depends on what the offer is. Let's say I personally think they'd probably like to take a player at pick 67, one that they really like there and then move back from 68. But uh, Scott and I did a mock draft simulator this morning where Joe Tipman went pick 65. And I'd be like, God, if I've seen the board actually like fall like that in real time, I might make up move up to like 63, 64 if he was my guy. And then okay, you can't, you can't give up draft pack capital. Well, then guess what? I'm trading 68 back and getting that capital back probably plus some uh, then as well to guarantee that I get that starting caliber center in, uh, in their eyes if they feel them that way. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously they could trade back. Yeah, it's as George Payton said, that's the the best part of the draft right there. That's where the the main players are going to go. And so if there is somebody that a team is looking at and saying, we have to get up and get that guy before this team, you know, maybe the Broncos are that beneficiary of a team willing to overpay draft compensation. Was it last year again? Yeah, that the Broncos actually got a really good trade. I thought it was one of their best draft trades that they've made under George Payton. The Colts one. That was a different one. Was that okay? Okay, but... But yeah, there, there's a couple of those kind of trades that always happen every year where a team really benefits from that. And if the Broncos can get it, that's great. If not, you know, and there are two players that you really like at those spots, I don't have any problem with them staying right there and just taking two guys that they think can be starters either this year or next for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, 
the Broncos have to wait so long for the draft that it's hard to say what the board is going to look like when they are on the clock. Maybe there's two guys that say, you know what? We love the extra picks, but we love these guys so much that we're going to take them. Maybe they don't like either of them and they trade both of them. I mean, God, you don't know. Uh, so we'll see. George Payton made the comments yesterday about trading back, getting more picks. We'll see what their assortment looks like in a month from now. Uh, it could be they might have different assets by then. Adam Strange, what's up, Broncos Maniacs? What's up to you, Paul? So saying hello to the OGs. Good to see you. Nathan uh, Noble, I always, I'm just going to call you Nathan. Nat, Nat Noble, what's up, y'all? Hope you're doing well. Nat, we appreciate you. Adam Strange have it said, and having some chicken fried steak with gravy. Oh. Ooh. That sounds pretty damn good. Uh, it takes me back. I feel like I used to always get that at uh, Cracker Barrel sometimes when uh, we had grandparents in town. For some reason, I always went to Cracker Barrel. I don't know. Jetty Splash, th- smiling there. How good to see you, Jetty. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, Nick was stuck in traffic. Sorry, guys. It's uh, What can you do? Sometimes it it be like that. But we're here now. We're hanging out. We're having a good time. And if you guys are having a good time with us, make sure you guys click that thumbs up on the way in. Subscribe to the channel. And uh, you know, share it on your socials. We always appreciate that. And we appreciate Phil coming in with the stars saying, good evening, Carl, Nick, and Deacon Scott. Been on vacation. Well, good. I hope you enjoyed it. I saw you back on Facebook today liking some of my uh, hiking photos. So that's good to see you, Phil. No internet. So really happy to catch up. Go Broncos, Buckham. Well, don't worry. We told everybody to hold off on anything, so we haven't had any more free agency like big splashes since you went on vacation. But now that you're back, with you know, I'll I'll call our, our my guy GP, GP and GP, uh, that uh, we can get the ball rolling again. That Phil's back in the house, but we really appreciate you. Hope you had a good uh, good time on vacation there, Phil. We always really do appreciate you coming in. Also, we got our guy Richard Miles. Good evening, guys, and hope all is doing well. It's doing pretty well. It's doing pretty well. You doing okay over there, Carl? You feeling you feeling yeah. okay? I don't want to overshare. Yeah, I'm good. I. I might have a kidney stone. We'll see what's going on. And, uh, but Hey, it's worth being here. The the pain is worth it. And it's really not too bad right now. So of course got Patrick coming in all the way from Hawaii saying aloha gents. Always good to see you there, Patrick. And always enjoying that coffee. Man, Carl, if I had a kidney stone, I would be in the ER or something. I'd be like, yeah, I call enough work for a week. I can't do it. Roy Osborne. Hey there, Nick and Carl and Scott. I agree with you guys. No other center to take his place. I'd rather not have him starting. We'll see how it plays out. They got one more year of a control left. And with Sean Payton's immediate comments, it was that, you know, having the guards and even right tackle around him uh, being better next season should help him some. Now he struggled last year in his one-on-ones, but if they have to work to overcome one weakness on the offensive line, it's a little easier than multiple. Now yeah, offensive line, typically you're only as good as your worst player there, but it's not always, it's a little bit more complicated than that. So Hopefully, will the Broncos add a little bit? In the very least, they need to add competition, right? Only one year left of cost cost controlled out there. Uh, was not this guy's regime. We've heard from multiple, you know, insiders now saying the Broncos are looking at the center market. They're obviously not enamored with Lloyd Cushenberry. It's yeah. just the market hasn't played out where they still have the cap space or the the money to sign what the market's uh, asking for right now. Right. Yeah. That, that's the thing is, like, like you said, the team is still looking. They are not mm-hmm. settled at all in that position. Wide receiver, another position that we were talking about earlier. They're not settled at that position either. They keep adding more and more mm-hmm. players. And uh, so we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As much as the Broncos say, hey, this is a player that's starting, as much as they say, like Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, oh, we love them, we're not going to trade them. A team comes with a great offer, they're going to say, yeah, we're going to do that. Center falls to them in draft, they're going to go, yep, let's go get that guy. You know, if it's Mm -hmm. Joe Tipman, um, you know, whoever it may be, the Broncos aren't going to shy away from that just because they've made these comments here in March. No, I mean, it's just where the Broncos are at right now. Right now, we're talking Broncos. Ernie Mays, Carl and Nick, and Scott go Broncos country only. See, Ernie, I always wonder about this. So we're draft guys, and we talk about the draft as a whole, and these guys are not yet Broncos. So is that okay to talk about that? Because, I mean, it's related to the Broncos, but when we talk about divisional rivals, it's also related to the Broncos. So I, I don't know, Ernie. I got to pass the Ernie check there. Chase Wellner, uh, BTB with the horse racing there. We appreciate you. Chase always coming in. Chase hit us with the uh, – the, Super sticker this morning, too. So I always appreciate that, Chase. Heath Holmes coming in saying, Hi, Nick and Carl. If we trade down with one of our thirds, what would you expect? No worries being a little late. Looking forward to the show. What do you expect in there, Carl? For a third round trade down option, uh, do you have any? Th- First off, let me ask, what, did, what did, would you say the odds are percentage wise the Broncos keep 67 and 68, both of them? I would say 30% chance. Okay. You're a little higher than me. I was thinking about 15 to 20. Okay. I mean, I, you know, the Broncos want more draft capital, yeah. but again, if, if there's not a team that's willing to trade what you want, there's no reason to give up more value just because you want a couple more picks. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I love that spot in the third round. I mean, you and I've done plenty of mock drafts on the different machines that they have out there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, once you get past about 75, the talent pool drops off pretty bad. Yeah. You know, like there just really is, there's, there's a tier right there. And so if there are those two guys right there that you think can be quality starters or good rotation players for you, even this year, it's hard for me to want to completely trade back from that. Um, now, which one would they probably trade back? I'd say it's probably 68. You know, you're not going to let a team jump you unless they tell you, Hey, this is the player we're taking. And you're like, okay, that's fine. We don't want that player. You know, otherwise you're going to take your guy first and then say, hey, it's 68. There's no real change in value here. You know, you can still go get your guy. Come on up here to 68. So that's probably what I would expect from the Broncos. I would trade down one pick from 68 to 69 just to have pick 69. But other than that, uh, I I could see them trade down. How far do you expect them to trade down? It really depends on what the offer is. I mean, you could see them trade down to what are they sitting 68 right now? Trade down to 72. Don't really like how the board looks there. Another good offer on the table there. 
dropped down to 92. I mean, it could be multiple moves. We only do them. We've seen the Broncos have been, I think one of the more active uh, trade teams, especially day two, day three uh, under George Payton, very small sample size. I know don't know grand sweeping uh, takeaways from that, but yeah, we'll be interesting to see how it plays out for the Broncos. He is coming from the Vikings though, that traded a back a lot. So I think we've seen, he follows that same pattern. Yeah. Riptide coming in saying, sup Broncos country. Riptide, whenever I'm late, I always think of you because you said, I don't really like that. When you say you're going to be live at whatever time, you better be. So I apologize to Riptide specifically. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> um, sorry about that. We've also got Dom coming in saying, good evening, Nick Carl, Scott and Broncos country. David Lopez saying, Bronco fan down here in California. I saw California is going to get like another crazy rainstorm, like a just unbelievable amount of rain hitting the coast there. So hopefully it doesn't cause uh, issues for you guys later. Yeah. But who knows? I mean, <laughs> that's uh, that's the world, right? That's uh, is what it is. But we got uh, also a guy saying, you think the Broncos will draft a defense attack on linebacker with their first picks? English Bronco hashtag Buckham. Um, more of a bucking, bucking, buckaming ham palace there. Maybe that's that's terrible. Let's not let's grab that one. <laughs> Buckham Palace. We'll just rule with that. But a defensive tackle and linebacker first picks for the Bronco. What do you think? I think defensive tackle, probably more than linebacker, would, would be an option for the Broncos. Um, yeah. They're very light at that position. I mean, you're, you're going to be really depending on some rookies from last year to develop this year and become quality rotation guys. And it's not a great defensive tackle class. I wouldn't say mm-hmm. there's a few guys. I mean, they're, they're going to be contributors. I just wouldn't say that there's that real big impact guy right off the top of my head. Uh, but that's probably the position I could see. Cause they'd want to develop it for a year or two and say, okay, you know, maybe we're losing DJ Jones here in a couple of years. Let's go get that defense tackle linebacker. I think they can wait on that position. Cause they've got their true two true starters already on the roster. Plus, they've got Griffiths as well. That's right there. That was supposed to be a starter last year. So you've got three guys that you feel very comfortable with on this roster. Yeah. So I, I think they would wait. I agree with you as well. We also got Mike Edel coming in. Mike, I think, contributed this morning or last night. So we appreciate you coming in, uh, dipping again, Mike. That's a, somewhat of a new name to me. I apologize if that's incorrect, but uh, appreciate you, Mike, coming in, saying a good evening, man. I'm wondering if our new strength coach is going to want to stick with Cushionberry. It's not, I don't think it's really the strength strength coach's call on that one. Now that said, if the strength coach like thinks a guy is an absolute lazy piece of, you know, you know what, and like not taken to training and, and everything like that and says, listen, I can't work with this guy. Then that's probably something completely different. And you might have some input on that. But as far as my understanding of how the power dynamic would work there, coach in front office, pick the players. Here they are. You, it's your job to get them improved and better to play. And whoever it is, Cushionberry, et cetera. That's fine. Uh, there was a comment this morning too. I've talked about how much new strength and conditioning staff could help Cushionberry. So I think probably not so much for Cushionberry. I mean, he was at LSU for four or five years. That's about as good of a strength and conditioning program as exists. I mean, didn't the Broncos just bring in somebody from LSU uh, in the strength and conditioning staff there? So they already have that connection. They're considered like world renowned, not as good as Iowa, but the, no, they're considered world renowned. So, uh, Right. I don't know if you're going to see much improvement with Cushionberry from a strength conditioning standpoint. Right. I mean, especially one off season mm-hmm. where he's coming off of injury. Now I know he was supposed to be, I guess, healthy and they didn't take him off IR. So maybe yeah. he is healthy enough to do all of the, the training that they're going to do. I, I did find it interesting. Sean Payton talked about that of they're going to stay in the first phase for the first month, but they're mm-hmm. not going to go to phase two where they're really breaking down plays and have an offense versus defense that they're going to really stay in that strength and conditioning portion of the off season. 
Yeah. And I think he's pretty much just saying, hey, last year, you guys, not that the players were lazy, but there was a lot of, a lot of allowance for the players kind of to do whatever they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And now he's kind of saying, no, we're going to whip you guys back into shape. We got to get you guys ready to be able to play in that fourth quarter, you know, play for 17 games, all those kind of things. So I really did like that mentality that he has, that he really wants to increase the toughness. And part of that is the strength coach coming in. And maybe that is something that Cushenberry needs is somebody to light that fire underneath him and say, Hey, get going, bud. This is your last chance. Like you, you might only have a rookie that's going against you. You lose this battle. Your chance of starting in the NFL is probably gone. And he's not really a guard center versatile guy. So like yeah. if you're a pure center, I just, I don't know. There's not uh, too many pathways to the field. I mean, pulling for him though, but if he's a starter right now, we need him to play well for the Broncos. So thank you so much, Mike. That'll be appreciate you coming to that $10 super. That really does help us a lot. Marcus Coleman coming in saying evening guys. Good to see you, Marcus. Hope you're doing well over on Facebook. Got our guy, James Pilcher. You know how to get your comment right on here. Just ask about, throw the Hawkeyes in. Any Hawkeyes you think could make it to the third? I saw another comment in here. Adam saying, is there any O-line from Iowa in the third? No offensive lineman this year. Third round for Iowa this year in the draft. I think you're probably talking Jack Campbell. Now, I think after the combine he had, he's probably going to go somewhere in like, I think probably 45 to 65. So it's like right on the border of where the Broncos are picking. Uh, but he seems like the most likely option there out of the players that are available. I think Riley Moss is probably round four, round five. Lucas Van Ness is going to go top 15. Yeah. Uh, they have a safety named Merriweather who's probably round, round five, round six. Uh, so those are the main guys there. I don't know if anybody else really. Uh, oh, and actually, excuse me. The tight end, of course, Sam Laporta. I guess if the Broncos want to go uh, tight end, Sam Laporta might be there in the third round. I don't know if they're going to go tight end again uh, there, but Sam Laporta is a really talented one. Let's say Jack Campbell does make it to 67 for you. I know we talked earlier about linebacker. Is he a guy that you're sitting there saying, we, this would be a, a player worth investing in? He might not start this year, but he's that talented that he could be a really long-term starter for the Broncos moving forward. I'm more familiar with Iowa than a lot of teams. I don't want to make this the Iowa Denver Bronco podcast, although that'd be sick. No, but uh, <laughs> he's the player I'm most confident that he's going to be a quality starter for 10 plus years out of any player in this draft. I mean, just the way they talk about him is work ethic, intelligence, and then the testing numbers and size on top of it. He's not going to be a play out in the slot and, you know, cover wide receivers one-on-one down the field, but extremely intelligent, long, smart. I mean, he's just, he, he's as safe as it gets. Uh, so yeah. yeah. I, they don't really need a linebacker day one on this team right now, but you're getting a really good player. Then also a culture, just a culture home run hit. So uh, bringing it back here uh, to the main topic here of the show today, George Penner you know, took the uh, the podium today, I guess, so to speak, out on one of those golf courses or whatever on the lawn out there in Arizona. And he had some interesting things to say today about the Broncos. But the main thing that I took away from him, and I don't know if it's just, you know, the fact that he is a gotten to where he's at. He's obviously a really smart people person. But I, I took away that he doesn't take blame for how crappy the Broncos have been the last seven seasons, but he understands it from the fan perspective. And I do truly believe that he is, this isn't just cashing a check. He wants to go out there and uh, help this Broncos team turn around. And what they've been is unacceptable for this fan base specifically. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Well, you think about all the business adventures that he's been on. Every one of them pretty much has been a success. And so coming to the Broncos, you got to think that he still has that same mentality of, I'm going to go out here and make this place a success, whatever it costs, whatever it's going to take. And, and we've seen the Broncos. I mean, that, that's a great thing that we've seen is they're, they're willing to put the money forward and say, we're, we're, we're willing to put the checkbook out there as owners to put out the best product we can on the field. You know, whether that is increasing the, the field itself, you know, where that last game of the season, they said, we're going to spend what, $250,000 laying brand new turf just for one game. Yeah. We're willing to do that to make sure that we have a great place to play. Uh, you know, going out and spending more money than any other team when the Broncos were what, like ninth in cap space available to start off before, you know, free agency all kicked off and, you know, willing to put out that guaranteed money, willing to put on the, the signing bonus money. And it's just really nice to be on this side of it. You know, when those last seven years where the Broncos pretty much couldn't spend anything hardly, you know, the Russell Wilson deal was probably the biggest one that they had, but that was even right after the Penner group came. So, I guess that one would still count within that. But beyond that, I guess Von Miller, maybe. Yeah. And that was a little bit of a cantankerous yeah. uh, negotiation between them. I'll never forget him cropping off Elway in the uh, the White House photo after they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> but, I mean, I respect it, honestly. But, yeah, just, you know, I really do think, again, not taking blame for what has been going on here, but understanding that this fan base, I think also – uh, it was Leach or Penner mentioned that the Broncos season tickets have been renewed like 95% coming off of last season. And like yeah. the disappointment that was Russell Wilson, not granted Sean Payton thinks should be better here, but Broncos, I think, I think the ownership group and the uh, people that spoke today and Penner and Leach did communicate. Well, at least to me that they understand that the goodwill is still here. Denver is a special franchise and a special fan base, but it's not a guaranteed. And if we do not, you know, go out there and make things better than they have been, this goodwill will dry up. And uh, they owe it to the fan base, who is just a crazy one, uh, to go out there and improve this team and also improve the game day experience. A lot of stadium talk today as well, specifically from Leach. He does a good job. He also said that uh, he's a Seattle guy, so I appreciate that. They said they've toured both. Uh, gosh, I can't even remember what the name of the Seahawks' new stadium is. Uh, they Not the new stadium, but they changed the name on it. They also uh, toured Climate Pledge, which is where, like, the crack and play and maybe eventually the Sonics. We'll see what happens out here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, back to Penner though. Other big thing he talked about was the discipline and culture and direction. And he talked about, it wasn't exactly throwing Nathaniel Hackett under the bus. They never mentioned it by name, but like everything when they reference, like, Oh, now we have this with Peyton rather than how things were before. It's like, okay, <laughs> throwing Nathaniel Hackett under the bus, you know, just discipline, yeah. leadership, leeway. You talk about the strength and conditioning coach, culture from the beginning. I mean, that's one of the big things that Penner really, uh, I was another big takeaway I took from him as well. And we got a clip here. I do know Sean we're Payton. playing tackle football and you have to practice tackle football. <laughs> Just, I mean, gosh, I know that when Nathaniel Hackett left, a lot of sources that after that hiring for the Jets came down, I was like, oh, it wasn't all Nathaniel Hackett's fault. Well, coming from Hackett and his agent, I don't think it all, all was his fault either, but now we're on the other end of it with the Broncos and hearing everything here. So what do you think about all this comments about uh, Sean Payton from uh, George Penner? Well, I, one, just thinking about Sean Payton, he is not, he has not gone around the whole like past coaching staff. He's pretty much just said, yeah, they sucked. 
<laughs> he's been very no nonsense on that, that side of things. And I mean, he hasn't named names because you just don't do that, but he's definitely made it clear that last year things were not great here. And mm -hmm. so it fits within Pinner saying, yeah, we had to have something change. And I think the two players or the two positions that can be a culture changer right off the bat, quarterback, coach, yeah. you know, th those two can come in there and set the, set the pace for everybody else of what this is going to be like. And, and like I said, I've loved what Sean Payton's been doing, you know, getting guys out there that he, that love to play football here in free agency. They've had a plan with how they want to attack it. You know, we want to be a running team. So what do we do? We go get a bunch of guys that are really good in the run game to, yeah. to improve that. And, you know, now, Hey, we're going to go out there, play some tackle football. We're going to have our guys play in preseason. We're, you know, all these kind of things of we're, we're setting a new attitude in this building and, and Penner, I think he's really on board with that idea of this is what this franchise needs moving forward. Yeah. Mike Edel coming in again, saying it's absolutely great to have an ownership group that wants to win, not having a bunch of squabbling family members. Yeah. I was getting a little embarrassing there. Like the, the child that nobody knew about showing up for the funeral, like that kind of thing. I think it was Nikki Jablava dropped that, like dropped that incredible, like game of Thrones succession style article about the, uh, Boland family. I mean, it's, a. Uh, Maybe that'll be a, a TV show at some point. They could have one for sure. Uh, but thanks, Mike, coming in again. And Gary Palmer, 999, saying, Evening, Carl, Nick, and Scott. Go Broncos, MHH for life, and Buckham. We appreciate you. Adam also saying, What blame should Penner take? They haven't uh, played a season under him yet. Yeah, they shouldn't. But I just thought it was kind of funny that uh, that was the gist I was getting from it. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to be better. This wasn't me. This is me now. Yeah. Uh, so uh, kind of funny. The other thing here about the coaching staff that I want to take away, and it's something that I don't think the f most fans or general people uh, out there understand about the coaching staff. What is the big, uh, big thing that coaches do that probably has more impact on the game than anything else? It's their ability to bring in other good coaches around them and diverse trees, diverse training, et cetera, et cetera. I think yeah. that's a little bit more important in college football. The, able the ability to identify great coaches and bring them up underneath your umbrella as the head coach. Uh, but hearing, uh, Penner talk about that, the diversity and the optimism surrounding the coaching staff that Sean Payton has brought in around him. And so diversity in terms of age uh, referenced uh, Westoff and the Vit, uh, who were just just brought in this week and also talked about the diversity of the coaching tree. I mean, obviously, Payton's brought in people that he's worked with before, but it's not not all just, you know, former Payton employees in there. It's, there's there's a group of different avenues and experience and routes to where these guys are uh, that I think is We'll see if it's a good staff, but on paper, it looks like a pretty good staff. Yeah. Well, you think about, I don't know if anybody else saw this, the The 49ers had a coaching tree picture. Did you see that? Mm -hmm. Or they had all the, the Shanahan coaching tree and all these coaches that have gone elsewhere. And you, you hope that you can build that. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the, the dream for every franchise. Andy Reid is another one that has always had a great coaching tree of guys that have found success elsewhere. And uh, I think Sean Payton, I think he's one of those guys that can, can definitely do that. And like I said, having that diverse group of, of veterans that can come in, we, we talked about it with Hackett's group that came in, you know, we were kind of excited about them in the sense of, Hey, these are a lot of young minds that can come in and maybe be innovative, but we were worried about, okay, they don't have a whole lot of experience. And this is a lot of his friends. How is this really going to, to mesh with all these NFL players? And sometimes you need that grown up in the room. And obviously there really wasn't one. And, uh, so now Sean Payton, obviously, he's the grown up in the room, but he also brought in other grown ups to help keep other places in line. So it's not just him having to go around keeping everybody in line at the same time. He can trust these other guys because he's worked with a lot of them. 
But like I said, then he has some young guys in there that he can help develop to become those next great coaches in the NFL. All right, we have Jasmine coming in with a 1999 Super Chat. Thank you so much, Jasmine, saying this upcoming season has some upside. I'm going to be optimistic until proven wrong. Hey, I think that's I think that's the best attitude to have. You know, I, I know you want to be as realistic and you want to sometimes temper expectations just because you don't want to be let down. But, you know, I, I'm an eternal optimist. I, I, I just expect good. And so I, I do. I think the Broncos are obviously going to be improved. Just Sean Payton alone. I think that's worth about three or four games itself. Um, I think they showed the team that spins the most in free agency. Now, I know that's not like long term success, but the next season, the average is five wins better than the year before, which put the Broncos 10 wins. That's not bad. Yeah, no, that's you hope so. Uh, also, the Broncos, just with the leadership change here and direction and the injuries coming back, the money they spent. I am curious how many of those teams, Carl's that Carl that you referenced, don't have their pick until the first pick until the third round. <laughs> but because <laughs> they might, you know, maybe some of those teams have like great draft picks coming in as well that help a lot. But, you know, it's going to be it's going to be fine. And talking about the draft picks, uh, it was encouraging to hear Penner talk about the team building philosophy going forward. We kind of touched on it earlier, but let's dig into it a little bit more. The reason the Broncos spent like they did this season is because they did not have the draft picks to really go after it, uh, to fill holes and acquire a talent. Uh, so they still have picks here. They're going to be able to add, hopefully, some contributors. But it's going to be much more like last season's draft class, where Nick Benito, 64 overall. Broncos didn't even pick until 70 or 67 this season. How much did we see from Nick Benito? There was a few flashes here and there, but not really a big-time contributor. Greg Dulcich, who Sean Payton didn't really sound that uh, about him, but it will be interesting to see. I mean, again, not going to put too much into him with a, one of those press conferences, but Greg Dulcich, you know, fine contributor for the two fourth round picks. Damari Mathis, good. Uwazurike, uh, not so much. So I think the year one expectations for this upcoming draft class should probably be right around what we saw from last season, which is some nice spot rotational players, but expecting day one plus starters. Probably not like then if you get one, like let's say the Broncos, oh, you can take a center at 67, 68. That is a day one plus player. I think that's a little bit optimistic. You might be able to get an okay player there that's projects as a good player. But in 2023, I don't know. Not to be, she's talking about optimistic here. I'm being the, the opposite here, the pessimist. But it's just, you know, that's just how you have to frame it, I think. And that's one of the big reasons the Broncos attacked this offseason the way they did. Yeah, I do think a center could come in and find decent success just because mm -hmm. of the players around them. You know, they actually have four other guys that take a lot of pressure off of them. Yeah. And you got some weapons here with with Jerry Judy and the running game and stuff like that, that maybe it makes life a little easier and they can just go out there and be that rookie. And just uh, the, the big thing for me would be how can they do the, the line calls? You know, can a rookie really come in there and, and thrive in that kind of area? That, that's the hard part to really project. Like we can watch them on film and say, oh, look at this. They did great blocking here, but we don't know how much they're really given there in college to have to call out, hey, linebacker coming here in the A gap, you know, watch this guy, whoever that is, you know, whatever it may be. But um, that's the hard part going from college to the NFL. There's not as much calling out in, in the college game that, you know, they can just kind of go out there and be better athletes than really great centers. Yeah, and just like also the style of offenses that are being utilized in college football, they don't put as much on their plates because they don't see as much. I mean, there's the game planning is not as 
diverse and also of course the talent that they see i mean that's the most obvious one but just like it's a different game out there it's not as much of a mental game it's why it's so hard for a lot of these centers to come in i mean how many rookie centers have come in and really dominated creed humphrey that was great uh, tyler linderbaum was great in the run game last year had some struggles in pass protection but those are like three four-year starters on their lines that were like you know day one very good players and considered uh very intelligent players most of the time, though, I mean, you got your Matt Hennessy, uh, Hennessy out there for the Falcons with Scott listening there. It was okay last season. Struggled the first two years. We'll see what year three brings. Uh, Void Cushenberry up and down, but is what it is. And we got Phil coming in saying, wow, Nick, 30 minutes in, you haven't frozen. Chan fi- Chad finally gets you the new computer. Yes, it showed up a day later than they said it was going to, but uh, it's here. And now the only issue I have is uh, the internet sometimes blips for a second. I got the route extender as well router extender that's uh, helping a bit it's an obvious difference when i plug into that compared to the other one so uh we're, we're dealing with it uh, we're, we're making it work the only issue now is that my camera um sometimes likes to go completely dark in here even though i'm i got some lights on me not like the professional grade lights that scott has that he showed me but i got some lights in here but sometimes it still uh blacks me out but yeah new computer thank you so much for thanks for noticing am i am i cuter now is that what's going <laughs> on um but uh yeah, no, it's uh, things are good. So any other thoughts about uh, Penner's press conference? He only went for like six, seven minutes, uh, talked about the culture change, talked about the team building philosophy, uh, talked about just expectations uh, this year going forward and a, a lot about Sean Payton. But any other thoughts here about Penner? No, I mean, both he and Leach talked about the the stadium possibilities mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And th- like I said, they toured a bunch of them. Even went over to Europe, toured a couple of those as well. Yeah. Uh, Leach talked about it a lot more than, than Penner, but y- you see the Broncos are definitely leaning that way. Uh, they did say they have like a nine year lease still left on the stadium yeah. that they have. So uh, I don't think it's a process that they're going to rush by any means. I think you're going to see them at the stadium for a while, but uh, I'm interested to see what the Broncos are thinking moving forward. If they're going to kind of be like some of these places where they've just built up entire areas, like this is going to be an entire community. It's not just the stadium. You know, we're building an entire community of businesses and trying to set up to either have the draft, the Super Bowl, something like that. Uh, I'm guessing that's what they're going to want eventually is something like that, which would mean probably a dome stadium or at least one that can open shut all those kind of things. And I, I'm not sure exactly how I feel about that. I've always kind of liked the winter games. I mean, I don't like the cold, but it's always kind of a nice little advantage when you get some of those snow games. If you have like a, a team from California show up, although California has been getting a ton of snow, so it's hard to tell, but, um, but yeah, it's, I, I hope that they don't take that element away from the Broncos. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, that snow game was at the Patriots Broncos game that uh, the CJ Anderson toss around the side with Brock Osweiler. I mean, that was one of the best games of the last 15 years for the Broncos. If you ask me, that was an incredible, were you at that game, Carl? No. Okay. For some reason I thought you maybe were, but uh, last thing I did want to talk about before we moved on from Penner uh, Penner's there's been a groundswell of support for Mike Shanahan talking about coaching trees, uh, Mike Shanahan making the case for the uh, hall of fame and he should be And Penner had a quote on that as well. Saying he's one of the winningest coaches in hit football history. Very respected. You look at his coaching tree again, all about the coaching tree and the people he's developed and his schemes and who's running those across the league. He won back-to-back Super Super Bowls. We're hopeful and expect that he will have success there. And also with uh, Mike Shanahan, I really hope that he gets a shot at the ring of fame for the Broncos. Typically, you know, if you want the number retired and everything, your first ballot Hall of Famer, not a number though. I mean, Mike Shanahan, I know that there was a little bit of weirdness with the uh, former ownership uh, 
stewards of the throne, if you will, uh, between the Shanahan family and uh, Mike Shanahan. But this is a new era in Broncos country. New, no new hurt feelings. Uh, I think Mike Shanahan, not only Hall of Fame, but of course, Broncos ring of fame. Let's get it done. Yeah, I, I agree. It's nice that they really acknowledged him because obviously best coach in Broncos history by far, uh, bringing those two back-to-back Super Bowls for the Broncos. And it, it's been really sad. You know, he lives there in Denver. And yet, like the Broncos have wanted nothing to do with him here for the last 10 years or something like that, mostly because of him and Joellis having some issues with each other. And uh, you, you hate to see such a legend not really be a part of the franchise. You know, I've loved that we've had Peyton Manning coming by training camp every year, showing up at games, you know, those kind of things. And sounds like they were going to take Jake Plummer and who else were they taking down Terrell to Mexico? Davis. Terrell Davis. Yeah. To, to announce one of the Broncos picks. So that's great to see with this ownership group. They understand the history of this franchise. Mm-hmm. Like they, they understand how, how deep those, those roots run of these players that just, you know, we, we treasure we look up to, we, we still talk about here 20 years later when it comes to the Broncos. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, so now on to Leach, uh, we're talking about the new stadium. It sounds like, you know, new court, new concourses, better technology, more bathrooms accessible, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, this is coming. The question is going to be where the Broncos are going to be putting that stadium. Um, and they said they wanted to, you know, be something uniquely to Denver. Does seem to be a lot of support for the keeping the stadium downtown, but I mean, it's not, the fans team, unfortunately, it's uh, the Penner Walton Penner group team. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, also talked a little bit about the new uniforms. Uh, the surveys out there did a little bit of uh, what was it? What is it called when you have a bunch of people to come in focus groups about the uniforms and the stadium and everything. So uh, sounds like new uniforms are still a ways off uh, just yet, but we might have a alternative hel- helmet coming in next season, which means possible for not just switching the decals out. Like we've seen with the Broncos do the last few years with their color rush uniforms when they've been the, uh, the all orange traffic cones, if you will, but uh, potentially a different color uh, helmet as well uh, with the relaxation of that. And based on how Leach talked about it, I think there's a pretty strong possibility. We see an alternate Broncos helmet. Could it be the old, you know, the, the lighter blue, where is it at over here? D possible. Honestly, though, I think I'd love to see the crazy horse, the orange helmet with the, the star eyed, uh, kind of disjointed cartoon horse, you know, the peyote horse, if you will, out there. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping for that guy. Yeah. I mean, th- that would be fun. I-, I wouldn't mind it for at least a couple games. I don't want it to be their main symbol, obviously, but for a game or two, it, it is kind of fun to watch that. I'm hoping they don't bring back the yellow and brown pinstripe jerseys. Oh my gosh. Those were horrible. And just, I, just get those, just I get it. I get it's part of the history, but oh, it looked bad. That one's uh, careful. You're going to hurt some uh, Wyoming fans uh, out here in the chat. I think you guys rock it. The Cowboys, the, those are cool, cool yeah. uniforms. Josh Allen killed it in those. Uh, but uh, I don't know, maybe just only wear those uniforms against the Chiefs saying you're going to, you know, pee and poo all over them or something like that. But they're, they're, <laughs> you're right. They're hideous. But what was horrible about them was the vertical striped socks. Yeah. I mean, my God, those were those were terrible. But other than that, though, with Leach, uh, I don't know. I think I will reiterate, reiterate what you said earlier. Very well-spoken uh, group. Leach spoke f- for 10 minutes, I think, in his press conference, uh, working with the media there. Also, a lot of things to follow here. Talking about it now, um, Aki Dragon says the forbidden word, but uh, crazy to think about the Washington franchise, more valuable than the Broncos. I don't know how much of that is with Washington being that much more valuable 
than the Broncos. But I think the big thing here is the market. The DC market is much bigger. Uh, it's also an older franchise. I mean, I think you have a lot of money opportunities there in the DC uh, metropolitan area. And the other thing is we've had this Amazon deal uh, and YouTube deal, right? Work in the books over the last year, calendar year, that the market has changed a bit. I mean, if the Broncos were on the market this offseason rather than last season, you might see them at, you know, 5.2 million rather than what was it? 4.3 that they went for or a billion, not million. Goodness gracious. <laughs> uh, so we'll be yeah. interesting, but inflation's a big one. And also I just think again, that DC market is apparently really sought after. Well, and, and you got to think it's kind of like free agency, like every year it just gets more and more expensive. Mm-hmm. So last year, this is what the Broncos cost this year. Now this is what the next franchise is going to have to cost. Mm-hmm. And, and I also think part of it was uh, the, the Walmart group or the Penner group, whatever you want to call them from listening to some of the other groups that were putting in bids, they pretty much had the Penner group coming to them and say, Hey, I don't care what you bid. We're going to bid more. Mm-hmm. And so you had a lot of those groups that kind of backed out. were like, well, if they're going to bid more than us, it's not worth our time to keep going in this direction. And so I think they actually got a little bit of a discount just because they kind of threw a little bit of weight around and said, Hey, this is our team. Yeah, You're not getting them. I don't care. And I mean, that's, that's great to kind of see. I mean, we're seeing that the Broncos are willing to, to throw that weight around and, and we haven't had that for a while. We haven't had that kind of franchise where the Broncos can be that top dog when it comes to bidding on players. And uh, they, they usually have to kind of be that, Hey, hopefully you like Denver come here. I know we're not paying as much as this other franchise. And most of them are going, no, you're not a great team and you're not offering the most money. Why are we coming to you? And so now the Broncos can, can kind of throw that weight around, like I said, and, um, so, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of elements that play into it. Even Pinner kind of hinted at that of each bidding war is kind of a, a new situation. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what what the Broncos went through compared to now what Washington's owner is going to want or, you know, how they're going to be sold. You know, Broncos were kind of in a unique situation since their owner had passed away. Yeah. And you have this family group that's fighting over everything. It's just completely different than what the Dan Snyder situation is. Yeah. And I don't have that much insight on this process, but I do agree with the, and I'm not an expert in this at all, but the the general thinking here, fans pay for the stadium, fans should set the prices for the tickets and whatnot. I don't know how exactly that all works, but I mean, it's a wealthy enough ownership group here that you'd hope that they would pay for the stadium. Now, I do understand that like business owners around the area might, you know, have strong incentive (laughs) to keep the Broncos in the current development. So like if there was things that they, you know, for their own business purposes, wanted to contribute to the Broncos stadium being built there uh, or pass laws that help it uh, for them to stick around there, then I'd understand that. But as far as just the general taxpayers of Denver, Denver paying for the stadium, ideally that's not the case, but it is a moneymaker uh, for the city itself. So I don't know, it's complicated, but the bottom line is, you know, the, your average, you know, Joe Schmo uh, probably shouldn't have to be footing any of the bill for the stadium. You wouldn't think so. But like you said, most stadiums, I, I don't think there has been a single stadium that the owner paid for the entire stadium. Has there? I don't I don't know enough about it. Was I, the Rams? Was theirs the owner paid for everything? Cronky? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, I don't sure. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, Scott's saying absolutely no. Yeah, not absolutely way. not. So I, it's one of those things where. If you're building a two billion stadium, two billion dollar stadium, and the city's saying, "Hey, we'll cover a billion of that for you to stay in this certain area or bring this kind of business," I mean, who's turning that down? Who's saying, "No, I'd rather pay that extra billion out of my own pocket"? And uh, so, 
I'm guessing the Walter Penning, Walton Penner group, they will pay at least part of it. But I don't, I don't think they'll pay 100% of the stadium by any means. Yeah, I looked, tried to look it up and uh, doesn't see much there, but the number one uh, article that comes up is on uh, Google says a publicly funding stadiums for billionaires is an absolute scam. <laughs> Sounds like it. So that's uh, a uh, rough. And also Adam coming in is Washington for sale. Yes. NFL is kind of pushing the hand there. And I think Snyder's looking for 8 billion bids came in at 6 billion right now. I haven't heard anything about Bezos yet, but it sounded like he had some eyes on that, uh, that Washington franchise. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Phil coming in saying, I got a feeling the Walton Penner group want to build a bigger and better Jerry world. I could see that happening. There's a lot of land out there by uh, DIA. Apparently I'm not a Denver native or local, so I don't know the landscape of the land out there. Uh, but uh, there is, I, I got to say, there is something special about having a big stadium in a metropolitan area, not just a suburban urban sprawl kind of situation. Uh, so hopefully they can figure it out to keep it downtown there uh, with the businesses and everything. But it's again, it's their team. Uh, so if they want to do that and move it out there and have their own little Broncos Mecca, then uh, I would understand it. But again, I think there's something special. And this is coming from a Cardinal fan here, St. Louis Cardinals, um, not Arizona, but like, going to Wrigley stadium and like the fact that it's just built in that giant neighborhood and like the bars and the community and the culture around that pretty special. Uh, you go somewhere where you have to take like a, you know, 40 minute Uber to get out there and it's just parking lots just feels so artificial. I don't know. It's I, I prefer the old, uh, old school feeling there. I know a lot more red tape and baggage and still stuff they had to deal with for that, but I'd hope they keep it there. Yeah. I, I mean, selfishly, I want them by the airport cause it's closer to where I live probably cuts about 45 minutes off my drive if I ever want to go to a Bronco game or anything like that. And I'm guessing they would move everything, you know, they'd move training camp and stuff like that towards that direction. Um, so like I said, selfishly, that's kind of what I want, but I agree. I think having downtown, having everything kind of around it, it it's kind of a, a great feeling to have. And I don't know, it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do with that if they really want to turn this into, like you said, the, the Bronco Mecca, they're probably going to have to move it out of downtown. There's just not enough room to do everything that they'd want to do. But if they really want to kind of cater towards the fans, then yeah, I think they'll stay in that kind of general area. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out, but uh stadium talk today, uniform talk today. Obviously we had uh Penner take the group. Last thing I want to talk about here, Carl, before we get on out of here. We had the Paul saying the new statement. I have statues of Nick and Carl in front of it. Some <laughs> ugly statues, Carl. I don't know if they could capture the beard uh, in the clay, but uh, I know it'd be tough. I'd be impressed if they could do it. I don't think the structural integrity of the statue would hold with how close together they'd have to set my eyes. Uh, but uh, other than that, um, last thing I want to talk about, we also got George uh, Payton talking yesterday and big takeaway I had yesterday. And it's one of the things that immediately red flags coming from, myself and you as well uh, during the combine when Peyton was there. It's like, Oh yeah, uh, he's on track. We, we, he could be ready week one. And since then everything has been like, Oh no, 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 no. Now he walked it back so much that I'm thinking that there's a really good chance that Javonta Williams doesn't play the entirety of 2023. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the comments from George Payton yesterday about the Javonta Williams running back for Broncos and the position and where it stands currently? Well, I think, he is realizing quite the the pushback that happened because of that, of even a lot of um, sports medicine people were coming out going, what is he talking about? Like, this is not going to happen. And fans going, oh, look at this. And now he's having to walk that back because I don't think he wants fans coming after him and being like, hey, you told us he's going to be ready week one. And now he's still on the PUP list or something like that, or still on IR 
are we going to see him this year? All those kind of things. And so I, I think he tried to kind of walk that back a little bit because he realizes that that's not a great thing to put out there and then really disappoint the fans. And I agree with that. I think that's what you got to do because that kind of injury, I mean, that was a gruesome injury for a running back. One that especially depends on his, his knees to be able to make those kind of cuts and uh, to be able to have that kind of power. It's just going to take a long time to rebuild everything. It's not just getting it healthy. It's then rebuilding the muscle around it to, to be able to be the same player you were before. And they did talk about uh, bringing back Murray a little bit. You know, they just kind of said, we'll see where we're at is what they said. And I think that's, that's a good way to look at it. They don't have to sign him right now. I think he's still going to be very much available after the draft. So you can at least go into the draft, say, Hey, we'd really like to come out of this with a running back that we like, but if we don't, we don't have to reach for one. We don't have to trade up for one, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, then they can say, Hey, we can go to Murray and be fine for a year if that's what we need to do. And, and so I, I like that mentality when it comes to the running back position, I don't want to go over overpay. I've had a, a couple people commenting to me saying Broncos should be training, trading for Derrick Henry, trade both thirds and go get this guy. I'm like, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> he, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. And he'd help the Broncos, but, uh, I, I just, I, I don't know how much he really has left in him. At this point, you know, I know he had like a 1500 yard season this last year, but those kind of running backs, they fall off pretty quick. I mean, we saw with Ezekiel Elliott is a great example of a guy that just hit a wall and boom, all of a sudden became not even an average running back. You know, I saw some people saying, oh, the Chiefs are looking at him. This is not going to be good. I'm like, let him take him. (laughs) Please take Ezekiel Elliott. He's not a great running back at this point. Yeah. Hitting on these comments, Broncos will not relocate. Broncos are not going to relocate. When I say relocate, I mean like Denver International Airport area, not to a new completely city. different city. Like they're yeah. they're still the Denver Broncos. The relocation is the stadium, not the franchise. So I think that that's it. That's a strong possibility, but they're going to be in Denver. Don't worry about that. Or Denver, greater Denver area. So, all right. Well, I can't really think of very much else, Carl. We talked about the Javante Williams stuff. Oh, yeah. Last thought here. For the talking about Latavius Murray, I think that with how the Broncos are set up now, uh, with that running back position, you're looking at one with one of their first two, three picks in the draft. Now, we talked about it earlier for 10, 15 minutes, 67, 68. We'll see if they're picking there with both of those, let alone, you know, one of them when uh, the time comes. But I think the Broncos, just where the draft is, the talent wise in this draft, you're going to have an option like Zach Charbonnet is going to be there. Tajay Spears is going to be op- option there. Uh, A-Chain is going to be an option there. A uh, number of other talented running backs that the Broncos, I think, could bring bring in somebody pretty talented there, 67, 68, or back end of round three to mid-round four. Uh, and yeah. I think that could be, honest to God, you're running back number one next year with Samaje B. Ryan, P. Ryan being your option B, which I guess B. Ryan works there. But uh, any thoughts on that? I was just kind of wrapping it up here with the draft talk here because Penner said he wanted to make this more of a draft team going forward. Yeah, I mean, we've seen... Running back is one of the few positions that really translates quickly into the NFL. Mm -hmm. So you could get yourself, like you said, a starter there in the third round and feel very good about it moving forward. And and even that gives you more time with Williams to let him get fully healthy. You don't have to worry about pushing him back. And then next year you have a great one-two punch of of running backs uh, that that you can feel good with either of them starting and have a real competition between those two. You know, I really do love Williams, but – Obviously, we've seen with this injury, what is he going to be coming back? So you, you need to find yourself a starter quality guy moving forward. And we've always been big on keep 
keep throwing that at, at the draft. You know, don't go pay a guy big money. Draft a guy every couple years. So you just keep that position young and, and cheap, and you can just run these guys into the ground for four years, which, I, I mean, I hate saying that because, I mean, it's not yeah. fair to them, but it, it's just the, it's the name of the game in the NFL. Uh, and, you know, the Chiefs, obviously, they got a great running back last year in the seventh round. I wouldn't wait that long. But like I said, third round, fourth round, I think you can find a high quality guy that can give you 15 snap or 15 carries a game, 15, 20 carries, and you can feel really good about what they're going to do on the field. Yeah, I agree with you. Some other names here uh, talk about, we mentioned Charbonnet, man, mentioned a chain, uh, Bigsby's an option that could be available around there. Uh, Sean Tucker's an interesting guy from Syracuse. Uh, I know that uh, some people are fans of Dwayne McBride already mentioned Tajay Spears. So there's, there's a number of running backs there in that range that uh, the Broncos could potentially look at. And let's say they don't have one that falls to them that they like so much. They take one round six rather than round four. Uh, then you go out there and you throw another asset at Latavius Murray uh, and you solidify that room even further, even if you do draft that running back. So uh, I think that's certainly a possibility for this Broncos team, but uh, yeah, possibilities are endless. We got a great idea what this team looks like. And with the owner meeting here now, it's fun to see everybody taking the podium and just the different vibes that we had last season. It's not all the happy go lucky. Oh, shucks. I can't believe we got Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, this is amazing. The corny things. Oh, we, but he's our cornball. It's like, Oh, this is Sean Payton's team. Now it's a little bit of hearkening back to uh, the old team. And uh, just for a good bit here, I'll have Scott pull up the video, the, uh, the old school we're practicing tackle football and we'll play that after we get out of here. But guys, we're going to wrap it on up today. Make sure you're following Scott and I on, or Carl and I on Twitter and Scott too. Carl on Twitter, Carl Dumbler, MHH. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you guys are following us at uh, BTB underscore pod and at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, go to Apple podcasts, find mile high huddle, find hello podcast, leave us a five-star review. And uh, we really would appreciate that. And uh, subscribe, like, and share. If you haven't done so already uh, on the YouTube side of things, also hit that bell notification. So that way if Nick is stuck, five, 10 minutes late in traffic, uh, no big deal. Cause you'll know that you'll get the notification when we are live. I got it on my phone. That was the buzz right when we went live. If you guys heard that on the table there, but, uh, Carl, anything before we wrap it on up here? No, just like I said, month away from the draft, getting kind of exciting to, to be able to see it. And, um, you know, I, I know all the coaches talk or the coaches talked about not trading one of the wide receivers. I still think if they get an offer, especially as we get closer to the draft, uh, you know, I think you might see a team get a little bit desperate where there, it's not a great wide receiver draft. Mm-hmm. You got a couple about two or three guys at the top that teams are going to really like. If they go quickly, you might have a team get desperate there at around 25 to 30 pick there in the first round. And maybe they're calling and saying, Jerry, Judy, that's our guy. And uh, so I, I just want to encourage you that the Broncos might be picking before third round without having to trade up. Yeah. And finally got a comment coming in here from John. Good question here, John. There, um, why is nobody talking about mentioning the whole left tackle? Garrett Bowles might not be back in time. The reason we don't talk about Garrett Bowles' injury in the same vein as Javonta Williams is that Garrett Bowles had a clean leg break, and it's obviously cost him the rest of the season, but typically that's a pretty straightforward uh, recovery process that, I mean, he should be ready for – he might be ready now. Like if the Broncos had a game tomorrow, yeah. he might be okay to do it from a health perspective. I think they talked about it at the combine as well, that he was totally on track. Everything's fine there. Expect him for OTAs. Uh, so not super worried about bowls where Javante Williams, he tore multiple ligaments in his knee as a running back. So it's 
obviously both suffered season ending injuries, but one of them is pretty straightforward. Not a lot of rehab uh, should be fine where the other one is like, I mean, we talked about like worst case scenario. Javante Williams might not be able to play in 2023. I mean, yeah, there's issues where you have multiple leg in, or multiple ligament tears and guy never plays again. Uh, so everyone you know, put that genie back in the bottle. That's bad, yeah. but uh, should be pretty straightforward with bulls. Right. I remember there were some players they were interviewing. I think it was a couple wide receivers and they said, I'd rather get a concussion than a knee injury, mm. which to me, I'm, I disagree because short-term versus long-term. Yeah. But for them, they're going a knee injury could be, like you said, career ending. Yeah. We saw that with Terrell Davis. He was never even completely, he was never close to what he was before that knee injury and had to retire early. Now, obviously, medicine's advanced since then. So you hope that things can be better for John to Williams. But, but still, like I said, when, when you got that much going on in the knee, it's, it's hard to get everything lined up, healed up properly, and then get back up to 100% of what you were before. Yeah. Yep, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Phil, last question here. Are the Broncos addressing the defensive line? If you mean interior defensive line only, I'm not sure exactly. They'll probably bring in a camp body that they hope they can develop there, and we'll see how the draft plays out. As far as edge rusher, I feel like they could go into the season with edge and be fine there. Uh, it's not going to be a superstar room by any means, but they have bodies that should at least give you some competence. Uh, but it's a talented enough group. You might be able to get a good player there in the third round if he's the best player available. So definitely one to keep an eye on, and We'll see uh, what com- what comes around in April. So, all right, guys. Well, good last seconds of questions there. Um, in the words of Sean Payton, you got to practice uh, that tackle football if you're going to play tackle football. So, appreciate you, Sean. Appreciate everyone coming in today. All the supers, Phil. Good to have you back from va- vacation. Gary Palmer. Um, gosh, who who was our superstar that was coming in multiple times today? Uh, new name. Jasmine came in a few times. Mike Edel also. Thanks you so much, Mike. Jasmine with the big 1999. You guys are great. Our guy uh, also, Michael Ronquillo, keep keeping us off uh, off the streets, I guess, uh, but with the big super chat. We appreciate all you guys so much. Carl, always a good show. Hope you are feeling better. Hopefully everything uh, passes smoothly um, <laughs> and easily for you. Uh, but uh, you guys have a great one. Continue to choose kindness and compassion, as always. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.